If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Uh, I want us to take our Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs, but I also want to tell you that this Wednesday night, I'm going to suspend our Romans series because we're going to do a Q&A, all right? So I want to invite you, even at this time, if you, if you already know what you want to ask, to text a Bible question to that number, or you can email questions at onecause.church, one church, I should say, questions at onecause.church. And please have any questions that you have submitted by midnight on Monday, and then Wednesday night, I will come and bring your questions and answer those questions before you, all right? Now, these are specific to Bible, all right? Uh, I don't have time to get into everything else, all right? We're going to have Bible questions, and uh, so uh, make sure you keep it on that. I'm, I'm, you know, if we have way too many, I'll just pick the best ones, but I want to invite as many as you, you that can please at least make an entry, and uh, we'll have, that way we have a lot of variety of things to talk about, and I'm very excited to do that on this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, right here, all right? All right, thank you, Charlie. I love you. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and we're, now we're in our series, uh, Route 66. We're walking through every book of the Bible, and we've come now to the book of Proverbs. This has just been, I don't know what this has done for you, but this has been a marvelous journey for me, uh, uh, preparing these messages, and it's, it's been a, a different way uh, that I'm used to, and it's been very challenging, and I've, I've, I feel like I've grown a lot just personally in studying these things and the way that we're doing them with our map, you know, where we have the M stands for memento and those are things as you go along on your trip, wherever you go, that you, you find mementos and keepsakes and you bring those back home to remember your trip by. And these are going to be the practical truths that I'm going to give you today for you this week when you're going into your work week, going into your life, that you can meditate on these truths and chew on them, if you will, and, and to confess them over your life, pray over them, talk, discuss these things with your family and grow in them. Amen. And then uh, the attraction, uh, the A stands for attraction, where we look at the big ideas, the big, big stories, big theological truths, whatever, in these books of the Bible. Uh, I'm going to treat Proverbs like we did Psalms last week. I'm going to go to my top 10 uh, because there's just so much. <laughs> That's the only way I could, felt like I could reasonably present something to you in that manner. Uh, in, the, in the amount of time that we have. And then always the P is the person of Jesus because this book is him. Hallelujah. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I just want to say that, I don't know uh, how you feel about this, but the last song that we sang today, that how deep the Father's love for us, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if we did that every service. I'm serious. That, that, that song is so powerful. I was telling John about that. Every, every line in it is just so rich and and, and it's such a well-written song. It's inspiring. It's wonderful. Any song that exalts Jesus, amen? amen. And that's really what our songs are supposed to be about, worship him and lift up his glorious name. So, uh, so let's go ahead and jump into this now um, in Proverbs chapter 4. And, and just want to remind you that uh, next Sunday morning, we're going to begin our, our Sunday morning services in our Deleon campus. We've been doing Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. It's been going very well. But we're excited to, to begin Sunday morning services. So please be praying for Pastor Lowell. Lowell Erkenbrack is his name. And uh, so keep Lowell in your prayers as, as he's going to be guiding that ship and uh, uh, helping our ministry there. Uh, very excited about that. Also, we're getting up our new sign this week that says One Cause Church there in DeLeon. Uh, and and uh, if you don't know where DeLeon is, 
I don't have the time to explain it, but it is in the state of Texas, about two and a half hours from here, all right? So we have a long reach out there to that little town, uh, home of Clark Tractors. And Lowell Erkenbrack, our pastor there, was the mayor of the town. And he also is the director of the Drug and Alcohol Rehabilitation Center in the area. So he's very well vested in the community. I think he's our best chance to do something marvelous there. He's also a hometown boy, so he knows everybody and everybody knows him. That can be both good and bad, but we're hoping just, we're hoping just for the good stuff out of that, all right? All right, let's get into our memento today. I'm going to spend most of the time here, and then we'll... Uh, go through the attraction and then end up on Jesus. But uh, Proverbs chapter 4, I had to even uh, really shrink this down to just three verses here because I, I really wanted to spend more time because there's lots of lessons in this passage of Scripture from verse 20 to 27, but we're going to go to 20 through 22 today for the sake of time. And this first verse in verse 20 of Proverbs 4 says this, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. That word incline means to bend the ear, to bend or to lean in and listen. You know, you know, you know what that's like when you're in a room that's kind of noisy or, you know, whatever it might be. And so somebody speaks to you and you might even cup your, cup your hand here to listen to what they're saying, to incline your ear to what they're saying. And this is what they're saying. So it's it, it's more than just hearing somebody say something. It's more than just hearing uh, the, the word of God. It is an intentional attention to the word. Write that down. This is your first memo. Give intentional in attention to the word. All right, which means that you're going to have to shut out. How many of you know we live in noisy times, right? We've got all kinds of information and noise swirling around us at all times, and, and especially, uh, you know, and this means that you'll have to take that, that time, just like you've done today, thank God for that, that you coming to church here today means that you have it in your heart to give intentional attention to the Word of God, yeah. all right, to yeah. set this time aside and give it to God, and yeah. focus on Him, and magnify Him in your life, and gather with His people, and remind yourself again and again what you are a part of. Even though we are all individual members, yet we're not our own. The scripture says all of us make up one body. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's what I love about having multiple campuses. It helps us, you know, it makes me think, wow, we're part of something so big, bigger than what we see even here, even though this is great. But we're, we have an extension in Granbury and Dallas and, and Deleon and wherever else God has us, uh, in bringing uh, our influence and our message, just a marvelous thing to be in this one thing has many members, has many individual parts. So, uh, <clears throat> where was I going with that? Somewhere. Yeah. See, that's what happens when you get off your notes. And everybody else is victim to that. I apologize for that. Uh, no, we're all, as I said, so you, you come here, that's right. You come here because you have, you're giving intentional attention to the Word of God. And, yeah. and just and even in your home life, I want to encourage you, you know, whenever you can steal some quiet time, turn the TV off, the radio, you know, the Internet, or all the all-inclusive, everything in that phone, you get all of it there, you know. Uh, so to just hear the, hear the Lord. You know, the, the Spirit of God is always speaking. He always has something to say. Yeah. He's always yeah. speaking, and He's always communing with you. See, but this relationship is a two-way street. <laughs> Right? 
So he needs you to come to him and to learn from him and let him speak to you and needs to hear from you as well. God doesn't just want to speak to you. He wants to hear from you as well. All right? So giving intentional attention to his word. And the next verse says this. Uh, do not let them depart. These, that is the words of God. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. So we understand that, that the word of God having effect in our life has a lot to do with what we're listening to, with what we're looking at, right? And then, yeah. and then yeah. but all of that comes out of the midst of our heart. It says keep them there in the midst of your heart because there are lots of things that are pulling for your heart. All right? Lots of things pulling for your heart. Because out of the heart flows the issues of life. That's why the scripture says to guard that, guard your heart. Jesus said it's at, uh, out of the heart, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. Right? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So we know that this is our central believing system. All right? All there in the heart. And so we are to keep the word at the very center of the center, the bullseye of the heart. All right? Let Keep the word of God there because every, there's so many things, like I said, that are vying for our hearts. And if we'll keep that there, then, and, and the way we do that is by letting our eyes look upon it, letting our ears continually hear it. This says, see, and I want you to write this next thing down for your memento, see it and believe it. That's what that's saying. See the word and believe the word. See what God has said and then believe it. That's, that's where Christian maturity really takes place. All right? That's when you know that you're really growing up in God yeah. is when Amen. you stop arguing with him. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? You, know what that's, you know what it's like to argue with God, right? You see it in scripture. You see something that, that you know touches your heart and, 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 and maybe you're living the contradiction to that or you've been thinking the contradiction to that or maybe your experience has been different than that. So then, then you want to reason why you shouldn't do what that says. Why you're justified in feeling the way you feel. Right? But if you really want to grow up, really want to experience the life of God in your life, when you look at it, when you see it, and at that moment, you choose to believe his word. Amen. Yeah. Amen. No matter what you've experienced up to that point. Right. It all must give sway to the truth of his word, becoming yeah. the central focal point of your entire life. Yes. All right? And then everything then you, that you do, that you say, that you think comes out of that truth. Yeah. As Heather was right. saying earlier, I love that. You don't try to make the Bible fit your experience. No, you bring your experience into subjection to the Bible, all right? I don't want to just have experiences. I want to have Bible experiences. I want to live the life. Come on, am I, am I talking to the right crowd today? I want to live the life God wants me to live, huh? Because it's so fulfilling and so satisfying and so much more wonderful than I could ever conjure up by myself. But I, I just want us to talk about for just a moment because I think that this thought right here, seeing it and believing it, uh, I want to take us to the root of that. We're going to go look at our father Abraham, but first we need to look at some scriptures. Uh, Galatians chapter 3. Hey, cowboys don't play till tomorrow night, so we got lots of time, all right? Galatians. Galatians chapter. I love all that nervous laughing out there. <laughs> it's funny, Pastor. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Any sons of Abraham in here today? All right, verse 8. Watch this. And the scripture 
foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles, say, that's me, by faith, preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand. Wow. Saying in you, all the nations shall be blessed. The scripture foreseeing, the scripture foreseeing. What's the scripture? Well, the scripture isn't the spoken word of God. It's the written word of God. And this says that the scripture, the written word, preached to Abraham. Here's a little problem, though. The scripture didn't exist yet. The scripture wasn't written until a man named Moses came along and began to pen the words of God 430 plus years later than Abraham. How then did the scriptures that were not yet written preach the gospel to Abraham? Because before a man ever penned the words of God down, they were already written on the heart of God. And we're going to see in... Well, let's go to John chapter 8 for a moment. Verse 56, one verse there where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and there's kind of a showdown here. In, 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 in uh, John 8, 32, Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And then that opens up this whole line of questioning from the Pharisees. They're saying, well, we're not, we're not children of the bond. We're not, we're not in bondage. We're already free. You know, Abraham's our father. So let's start defending who they are and why they do what they do. All right, so this is one of the things Jesus says to them. Your father Abraham Rejoice to see my day. Wow. And he saw it and was glad. How did Abraham see Jesus? How did he see this day? It's when God took him upon that mountain where Isaac, where Abraham offered up his son Isaac. And instead, the angel of the Lord, knowing that Abraham was already going to go through with it, and in his heart, the scripture says, Abraham already saw it in his mind, Isaac both dead and raised from the dead. And that's all God needed, that he had already done it in his heart, and that was as good as done. So he stopped him from actually slaying his son, and Abraham turned around and saw the ram caught in the thicket. What he saw was Jesus. He saw that substitutionary sacrifice, that exchange life that took place when the Son of the living God took the blame for all of our sins, and we all got off scot-free by his grace. This is what Abraham saw, and he rejoiced to see it knowing that because he gave his son, that his covenant partner God now owed him his son. That's what would give Jesus free entrance into the earth without invading anyone's free will. God was in covenant with Abraham, and when you're in covenant, each gives equal share. He offered up his son, and that gave God entrance then to give his son. But here's the cool thing about it. It wasn't just for Abraham. There was a genius plan behind it that he would do it for Abraham and then anyone that would act like Abraham after him and that was to have faith in him and whoever believed in him would have that same blessing that Abraham had hallelujah I will bless you and you will be a blessing so you're all children of Abraham how by faith in God by faith in Christ all right and it starts and we, we have this because we see it and believe it. Yeah. We see what life can be. We see ourselves for who we really are when we look into that scripture. Hallelujah. Yeah. That scripture right. preaches to us. So now go to Genesis chapter 15. Verse 1 says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So this is how I, I try to imagine when it says the scripture preached to him, how did that happen? Well, 
apparently, somehow, I don't know if Abram saw a scroll or whatever it was, but he saw the word in a vision, like he was reading something. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Verse 2, but Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing? Everybody say seeing. Seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Interesting thing. Abraham is asking this of God, saying, what will you give me seeing I go childless? Because in chapter 12 of Genesis, it's the beginning of Abraham and his relationship with God. And God says, get up and get out of your country. At this time, Abraham is 75 years old. Actually, at the time, his name was Abram. He's 75 years old. And God says, get up, get out. I'm going to take you to a place, and I'm going to give you land, and I'm going to make you a great nation. And in you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. And then later on, as Abram gets up and he leaves his father's house, and he goes out there to that desert, and God begins to keep telling him, your descendants are going to inherit this land. Three different times God spoke to him about his descendants, about him being a nation, all the families being blessed by him. So now Abraham, God comes to him now in Genesis 15. This is somewhere about 10 years later, all right? Hear me here. This is going to really help some of you today. Ten years after God told him, how old was he when he left? How old is he now? 75 plus 85, or plus 10 is still 85, all right? 85 years old, all right? So Abram's saying, okay, all right, you said this thing, all right? You said, I'm going to basically inherit the entire world. That's great. But 10 years has gone by, God. I don't have one child. You talked about all of these descendants. In me, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. And I have a servant in my house that's going to inherit everything because I'm 85 years old. And there is one thing I know about being 85. We don't have kids. You don't start having kids, I should say, at the age of 85. Now, God, you spoke, to this, me to, you spoke this to me 10 years ago. 75, I don't know. Maybe that's possible. 85, we're getting further away from that reality, God. Hmm? You've given me no offspring. So what I need you to do, look at this, verse 3. Look, you have given me no offspring. So what Abraham is saying is, I need you to look where I actually am, God, because where I actually am and where you say I'm going to be are eons apart. And I feel like, God, when you talk to me, you're just kind of talking over my head. I kind of feel like you don't really understand my situation. You've got this grand life for me, and I don't have a kid. And I've got more wrinkles, and I'm older, I'm closer to death. So can you please make sense of this for me, God? Matter of fact, you're showing me a harvest, and I don't even have a seed. Childless. Verse 4, And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body. Well, he just keeps talking ridiculous, doesn't he? <laughs> It's like you didn't even hear what he said. Amen. That one's not going to be your heir. Abraham, I'm about to show you something. That when you partner with God, the impossible 
becomes possible. This one's going to come from your own body. I know everything around you is telling you there ain't no way. I know it looks like it's just about over. The fat lady's about to sing. Come on. This one will come from your own body. This one shall be your heir. Okay. Then he brought him outside. Watch this. Then he brought him outside and said, look. No, Abram, you look. You look. Look now toward heaven. Wow. I don't know what your difficulty is today. I don't know what situation you have found yourself in where you feel like you have depleted the earth of its resources to help you. I want to encourage you now. Look toward heaven. Look toward heaven because heaven is really where you belong. Heaven is really where you're from now. The scripture says, though we're in this world, we're not of this world. We're of a kingdom that has no end. We're of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And we serve a God and we live for a God. We have a God, our Father in heaven, who supplies our needs, not according to earthly resources, but according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's why we need to be audacious enough like our father Abraham and look to heaven and speak like our Lord Jesus and say, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is there. Because that's the standard. Heaven is the pattern. Heaven is the place. And so we want what's there right here. Anybody Can anybody believe that today? I, listen to me. It is, the earth is not the final thing. Look now toward heaven and realize that you are a spirit connected to God in the spirit hallelujah and everything that he has you have every blessing that was upon abraham is upon you now because of your faith in the lord jesus christ christ the scripture says that christ became a curse that the blessing of abraham would come upon us pagan heathen bacon eating gentiles huh That, was, that which was once only reserved for the natural-born children of Abraham, the children of Israel, now has been opened to all who will simply believe. Hey, listen to me. It's better. It's better. And I've heard this phrase over and over, and I've even said it until, until I finally felt like I got a revelation on it when I, when I searched it in the Scriptures. It's better than you're blessed to be a blessing. Now, we hear that, I'm blessed to be a blessing. There's nothing in Scripture that says that you're blessed to be a blessing. It says you are blessed and you will be a blessing. Now, there's a big difference, ladies and gentlemen, because if you think it's all, I'm only blessed to be a blessing, then you will only perform that way. You'll think that it's about performance, that you're, you're simply just a conduit for all the good stuff to flow through. But no, God says, I want to get it to you, and then you, in turn, will get it to others. Big difference. See, God wants you blessed just like he wants everybody else blessed. He don't want to just pour it through you. Are you hearing me today? That's the blessing of Abraham. I will bless you, and you will then act like me and bless others. That's good preaching, Pastor Eric. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And count, well, look at this. Look now toward heaven. Look what God says. And count the stars if you're able to number them. Okay, okay, Abraham, if you just can't get it out of your eyes, if you've got to see something with your natural eyes, I want you to look at this. I want to wow you with this part of my creation. I want to show you something with your natural eye that you really can't comprehend. I want to show you something that you cannot take in, you cannot calculate. Look at the stars. Start counting, boy. Oh. Now, you know, if you're in Dallas... You can count like three. 
right? But you get out in the country, all of a sudden, I mean, how are you going to count the clusters of stars in the Milky Way, for Pete's sake? That just looks like milk. How are you going to count that? So what is he doing? Abraham, I need you to see things how I see them. You see that? All you're seeing is what you don't have. I'm childless. No, 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 no. Look, 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 look. Look at this. If, if you've got to see something, look at this. You can't count that. That's how many kids you're going to have. Oh, and by the way, when the sun comes up in the morning and the stars aren't there to see, I also w want to tell you that your children will be like the sand on the seashore too. So that you always have my word before you, my promise of more than enough, more than I can yeah. count. Amen. See, this is how God brings us up to live this big life. It's going to take faith for us to really realize that, though. Right. There's no way we can accomplish the kind of life God's called us to live without faith in him. Yeah. And this is exactly what happened. What happened? So shall your descendants be. Look at verse 6. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. And ladies and yeah. gentlemen, that right there became the center of Pauline doctrine right. concerning the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that whoever believes on him will be made righteous by faith yeah. in him. Amen. Even as God said, Abraham, you're righteous because of your faith, so he says to you, believe on the Lord. Believe that gospel that Jesus Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried, and God raised him from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. I know where we are. Look at verse 22, and I know what time it is. For they are life to those who find them and health to all of their flesh. How many of you think that it's important then that we continue to hear the word, to see the word, to believe this word because of, look at the outcome, look at the fruit of it. Life to those who find it, health to all of your flesh. God really does want you living in health every day of your life. Every, all your flesh. None of it, none of it's, None of it is out of the, out of the scope of God for, for your healing. Some of you have the mindset that there are things that you just have to deal with. Well, it's allergy season again. No. Right? no, this says health to all your flesh. What are you going to believe? Yeah. Are you going to set yourself up for that again? I watched this sickening commercial not too long ago and how these people, this close-up of their face, and they were saying, I am the face of influenza. I mean, like, little kid, little kid, I am the, I'm like, this is like a cult, man. What is going on with this? It's pushing, no, you're going to get sick. you got to have the, are you, I'm not coming down on, I have family that are doctors. I appreciate the doctors, and I love them. But listen to me, they're not everything, all right? And God has called you by his word to live in this realm of health for all of your flesh where yes. you depend on his word more than you depend on any <coughs> medical doctor. Yeah. By the way, they are practicing medicine. So let's remember that, okay? All right. <laughs> but think about this. Didn't Abraham know that all too well? Life to those who find it and health to all that. I mean, didn't he really come to know that truth? He's 75 years old when he gets up, gets out of his country. 85, God's telling him again. And at that moment, Abraham is made righteous. And it is not until he's 99 years old the Lord comes back to him and tells him, 
This time next year, you're going to have a son. And it was at that time that Abraham began to say, things changed. Things changed. For 24 years, God spoke to Abraham about his descendants. For 24 years, he spoke to him about this grand life. Abraham began to get it in his mouth finally. He began to call himself what God, God changed his name, and Abraham said, all right, I'm not just a father, I'm a father of the world. Yeah, yeah. amen. Hmm? If anybody ever asks you, who's your daddy? You just say Abraham, apparently. <laughs> Abraham. Abraham. Father of a multitude of nations. That's what his name means. And so he was glorifying God, being strengthened in faith. In other words, saying what God said. Ladies and gentlemen, God said it for 24 years. Abraham said it for three months and conceived, and she conceived. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So truth itself is not going to change your life until you know that truth for yourself. Jesus said the truth that you know will set you free. All right? The gospel is being preached everywhere, but it's not changing people's lives until they believe that gospel. Hmm? So they believe it. And the moment you believe it, you come into its, its stronghold, into its reality. So Abraham, think about this. So now God says it, and by the, by the age of 100, Isaac is born. 25 years later after the first declaration, finally one shows up. Finally one. It seems like God sure takes his sweet time. If it took Abraham 25 years, ladies and gentlemen, relax. Have faith in God. Believe him. No matter the length of time, no matter the trouble, just keep believing God. So he found this promise to be true. Wow, a 99-year-old man can have a baby. In that he found life, he found health apparently to his flesh. He got so full of this promise, ladies and gentlemen, that years later, Sarah passes away when Abraham is somewhere around 137 years old. All right, that's old. His wife passes away. Well, Abraham's feeling so good. I mean, he's got the promise of God. The word of God is working in so much in his life. He's just full of vigor and life. He decides to get remarried. Somewhere around the age of 140, after Isaac gets his wife, Abraham says, man, you know what? I think it's about time I start another family. 140 years old, he marries a woman named Keturah and has six more kids. And finally, breathes his last on planet Earth at the age of 175 years old because the word is life to those who find it and it is health to all their flesh. Marvelous. Now, Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to look at the attraction for a moment. I'll go quickly through this. The, uh, Proverbs chapter 3 was read just this morning. It was cool. It was already in our, in our uh, rotation of scripture reading, and uh, we didn't intend for that to land when we were in Proverbs. I thought that was really cool. But one of the scriptures there, she read verses 1 through 10 of Proverbs 3. Beautiful reading, by the way, Regina. Awesome. Yeah. You need to do that more often. Um. One of those things was, uh, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. But I love verse 4 of Proverbs 3. It says this. We want to look at that. And so find favor and high esteem or good understanding in the sight of God and man. Why? Because you've given your life to the Word. And you've allowed it to influence your life. And you know what you're going to find in that? The Scripture says you're going to find favor. You have not only favor with God because of the Lord Jesus Christ, but you can expect favor with mankind wherever you go. 
Think about it. Imagine if, if you could really see yourself in a favorable, favorable position wherever you go. That you expect favor. Whatever situation that looks like. On the job, the grocery store, wherever. You just expect to have favor with men wherever you go. Why? Because the word of God is working mightily in you. All they ever talk about over there at one cause is just good stuff. Amen. They, only, they only preach them feel-good messages. Well, there's plenty of other places to go. You, go, you, want, to go, you want to go get some bad news? You want to feel bad about yourself? Go for it. The Word of God brings us up. It's to bring us up, up, up. up. I mean, it's called the good news for a reason. Hmm? The gospel is called the good news for Hey, how blessed are those, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Shouldn't that produce good feelings? I know I'm preaching from last week. Okay, Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues or the boundaries of life. We've got to keep going. Number three uh, of the top ten, the... Uh, 1022, I love this one. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Yes, amen. Yeah, amen. Do you see that? I think that's talking about spiritual riches, Pastor. Well, you need to get over yourself. That's not what it's talking about. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. <laughs> you're already as spiritually rich as you're going to be. And he adds no sorrow with it. This is beautiful. God makes you rich, and you never have to feel guilty for it. Because you didn't cut corners to get where you are. You didn't step on other people's heads to get where you are. You didn't, you hearing me? That's how a lot of people get rich. I mean, they just hurt a lot of other people in the problem. I'm not saying everybody does, but I'm just saying it does happen. I mean, come on, right? But the scripture says that his blessing makes you rich, and you don't have to feel sorry for it. Matter of fact, Timothy says he gives us richly all things to enjoy, not to go, oh, you drive a nice car. Well, yeah, but you know, I got a discount. I mean, always having to feel bad about why we have good things. Give me a, come on, let's get out of that religious mindset, huh? Hey, who's supposed to have the best stuff on planet Earth, huh? Shouldn't the sons of God, shouldn't the children of the living God, huh? Shouldn't we reflect heaven here on the earth? Amen. Okay, all right. See, all right, that's good. The generous soul, Proverbs 11, look at this. The generous, this is how you get rich, you give stuff away. You just give away. You give, you give, you give, you give. Look, the generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Yeah. Proverbs 12, 1, whoever loves this. Now, listen, I saw in the earlier service says, I need this verse of Scripture in my life because I'm constantly teaching, constantly teaching the Word, whether it's here, other churches, or Christ for the Nations, a great Bible college in Dallas, Texas. Preach there three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I'm always teaching, teaching, teaching. Listen to me. If you're always pouring out and if you're always giving knowledge, you're going to be tempted to think that you know it all. Yeah. But this says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Yeah. All right? If you can't be taught by somebody else, you're a stupid person, all right? So don't be stupid. Always be in awe and wonderment of learning. Huh? No, matter, no matter what you come to know. There's always more to know. The scripture says even when we're in heaven, he's going to unfold the riches of his grace for the ages to come. 
I mean, we're always going to be wowed by God forever and ever. I mean, we're, we think that we're going to know everything when we get to heaven. Hey, there's going to be so much more to learn. Hey, Amen. That's so good. Proverbs 13, 22, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Right. means he's not living his life just for himself. He's thinking about the generations to come. Yes. How can I set them up? How can I bless my children and my children's children? He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the greatest legacy that you can leave with your children. Material things are nice. But those things come and go, you know? Because when you die, your stuff's going to get drug out in the driveway and sold for pennies on the dollar. All right? Let's just be honest about it. All right, what's so meaningful to you, it's going to be another man's trash just down the road. Yeah. Something's got to, have, got to have something that sticks longer, and that is our legacy of faith in God. Yeah. It's the greatest thing to pass down to you. You might not have many material things to pass down, all right? Hey, let your children know about faith in God. Yes. All right, and your grand, teach them the things of God. All right, Proverbs 15:1. Married couples, are you ready for this? A soft answer. Everybody say soft answer. soft answer. Turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. Anybody been yes. married long enough to know that that verse is true? Yes. All right, just want to remind you today, the soft answer will turn away wrath. Not more wrath against wrath. All right, Proverbs 16, 9. I love this one. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. There ain't nothing wrong with you planning your way. As a matter of fact, it is, the, it is predicated, uh, the Lord directing your steps is predicated upon your making plans. All right? It's not about sitting around, well, I'm just waiting for the Lord to tell me to do something. No, plan your way, and the Lord will direct your steps. All right, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. I love the word for uh, power there. It's the word yod. The Hebrew word yod, it means hand. So everybody, you've, you've done this before. Everybody do this for just a moment. That's what this means, all right? Death and life are in the hand of the tongue. That is, whatever you're talking about, you are attaching your life to that thing. Who? Yeah, your words are powerful things. So if you don't want death and destruction and divorce and sickness and all that, stop attaching yourself to it. Quit talking about it. All right? Declare the word of God over your life. Amen. And attach yourself to his promise. And then 22.6, for all you mamas and daddies, especially those of you with young, young children, and those of you with older children, just pray for mercy. All right, train up a child in the way he should go. Train up a child in the way. Listen to me. You see that? Train up a child in the way he should go. Listen, you're the boss. Don't let your children dictate what needs to be done, what, especially major decisions in your life. You tell them what to do. This is what your job as the parent, not to be their friend, but to be their mom and dad and to direct them in the way they should go. Teach them right from wrong. Whip that butt if they get out of line. Come on, help your children. Let's grow up. Let's be mature and take care of our children. Make them teach our children to be strong in the earth, to know the Lord their God and do great exploits in the earth. But if you just maybe pan be around, well, yeah. Huh? Train up a child with it, and when he watch when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Your children need boundaries. They need borders. They need. Are you hearing me? All right. Stop going up to the school arguing with the teacher every time your child gets in trouble. Thank you. Maybe the child is the problem. Just maybe. It's because the coach didn't put him out on the field. Maybe they're not good. 
Can you just accept that? I mean, come on. Maybe they're just not talented. Bring the whole team down just so your child can have fair play. That's something they're not good at. Come on, give me a break. Train them up in the way they should go. You still love me? Right. I love you. Hey, I got three kids, all right? I, and I know what it, it took to get me where I am, and I'm fortunate to have any fragment of a backside. But I'm grateful for it now. I'm grateful for it now. Be strong. Train them up in the way they're supposed to go. Teach them the ways of life. Teach them the right way. Teach them the ways of God. Yeah. They'll thank you for it later. Amen. They will. And then you can be friends with them when they're all grown up. Yeah. Amen. The person of Jesus is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. Because this entire book, ladies and gentlemen, this is called the book of wisdom. Most of the time it's contrasts. What the life of the wise person looks like and produces and what the life of the foolish person looks like and produces. But it says to get wisdom. In all you're getting, get wisdom. And it's about wisdom. It's the wisdom of Solomon that God granted to him. That was the thing he asked for. And so all these little sermons are written here in this marvelous book, these standalone verses. And I want to encourage you to have a regular diet of Proverbs in your life. I mean, one verse can say a whole lot to you and for, for a week's time. So as you're reading the scriptures, make sure you dip over there to get over there to Proverbs and grab a nugget out of there as well. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.30. Jesus is summed up in this entire book by this saying, but of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God. So wisdom isn't just something we're trying to acquire or, or the things that it produces. No, wisdom is a person, the person of the Lord Jesus, who is, who is now, as a believer, as a child of God, is now inside of you. That means you have wisdom at your beck and call. Hallelujah. He is wisdom. I love that. He is wisdom for us. So use that wisdom. Call on that wisdom that is there in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because it's with you because he's with you. And that, that mystery that was unlocked, that was hidden throughout the ages, now has come to us and now has been revealed that it is now Christ in us, the hope of glory. And if you've got Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, you've got everything that you need. It's all found Amen. in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything that you've actually desired, he is the fulfillment of every desire of your heart. Right. He's really what we're looking for. He's really what we're living for. Right. Set your eyes on him, <coughs> looking unto Jesus, and therefore looking unto wisdom. Father, thank you for this time with your great people today. Father, I thank you for all these that are here with us. Thank you, Lord for your blessing that makes us rich. Thank you for the blessing of Abraham that has come upon us as your children. Though we did not deserve it, yet you gave it to us by grace. And we simply receive it by faith. And since we are children of Abraham, then we are heirs together, heirs with Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you've called us, even as you called Abraham, to live a grand life. So you've called us to that. And that life is known by faith in God. 
Hallelujah. With supernatural experiences yet to be known. I thank you, Lord. Help us, God, to not get caught up in just the natural realm, but to remember who we are. To see who we are when we look in your scriptures and to believe it. To set our ears to hear what you're saying to us. To be in tune with you. To live our lives in ebb and flow with the Spirit. As your scripture says, since you live in the Spirit, walk that way. Live that way. Talk that way. Act that way. Think that way. Christ in you. I thank you, Lord, for all these under the sound of my voice. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel that came to us. That we were heading down a dark path to eternal destruction. Simply because we were born that way. Because of our father, Adam. But Lord, you chose not to leave us hopeless. You made a way for us to have eternal life. To not only have eternal life, but to have a relationship with God in such a way that He is our Father and we are His sons. And that can only be realized, not by works which we could accomplish, but by Jesus Christ who died for our sins and who was buried and who rose again from the dead the third day. And this good news that comes to us is this. Believe on Him and you'll receive that everlasting life. You will come into that relationship with God as your Father. There is only one way that leads to life. Everything else leads to destruction. Only one way takes us to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I thank you, Lord, for that gospel. I pray now, if you're here today, just for one moment, if you're here today and you're not sure about your relationship with God, you don't feel like you're on the inside. You feel like you're on the outside when it comes to you and God. You feel like you're far away. Or maybe you're here today and you really don't see the point. Life is good. Everything is going well. What's the point? I'm, I'm here to tell you what the point is. You're dead in your sins. You're dead in your sins. Not by what you did, but as I said earlier, it's because you're born that way. And you need Jesus to come and save you from that dead place. To give you life. To create a whole new creation. That's what the scripture says. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. There's a great point. Eternity. Eternity is hanging in the balance. This life is here and then it's gone. It's temporary. It's like a fading flower or withering grass. And then it's forever. This is the most important decision you will ever make in your life. Will you believe on him today? Because he welcomes you on the inside. He has already made reservations for you in heaven. All you have to do is claim your reservation today by simply believing on him.
would you please just raise your hand? If you're here today and you say, I want, to, I want that relationship with God. I want to be on the inside. I don't want to be on the outside. I want to know God as my Father, and I want to be in heaven. I want that as my home. I want to know that I know. Are you here today? You want to be saved from your sins today? Or maybe you're here and you're just away from God. You just need to come back to your heavenly Father's arms. Listen to me. There's no condemnation. His arms are still open to you. You're his child. But you just need to make a conscious decision today to make that change, to come back to him. Are you here today? Let me just pray for you right where you are. Anyone here today say, Pastor, I just need to come home. Please come back to my father. Are you here? Father, I thank you for all my wonderful family now. And I just thank you for your blessing now upon them as they go from here, that they will go in grace. They will go in peace in Jesus' name. And that they will carry that message of reconciliation with them. It is though, as though Christ were pleading through us, be reconciled to God. Wherever they go, they would boldly proclaim your good news in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.